Welcome back to Leafs Fans and Hostile Lands, the podcast about three Leafs fans doing our best to survive, surrounded by a bunch of Sens fans. So we're recording this podcast tonight, coming right out of the uh, the Leafs win against the Calgary Flames, but I'm not going to get into that too much yet, because we're going to start off with our uh, one-minute recap uh, featuring Daniel Britton this week. All right, Dan, whenever you're ready, uh, we can get you in. Here we go. Three, two, one, go! Toronto versus Winnipeg. Leafs come out strong in the first period, generate a bunch of potential scoring chances while Hellebuck shuts them down. While both sides have great chances, the Leafs pull off a nice PK late in the first period. Period ends 0-0. Second period of the ice completely tilted in favor of the Leafs. Toronto goal on a power play chance by Tavares. Marner is also quick to uh, throw up a second goal on the scoreboard. Late in the period, Kyle Connor scores goal for Winnipeg. At the end, it's 2-1 Toronto. Winnipeg finally seems to get on their skates under their skates under them, and we see a really good period of hockey between the two teams. The Leafs seem a bit shaky out there late in the third period, and they take a few bad penalties. Mitch Marner tops off the game with an empty net goal, leaving the Leafs with a 3-1 win over Winnipeg. Game 2, Edmonton at Toronto, number 1. Both teams were playing well defensively to start the game, and it looked like we might see a fairly uneventful game. That was quickly shattered when Muzzins started the scoring um, for Edmonton, when an errant pass goes off his skate and passed Anderson. Second period starts slowly as well, with a few shots registering before the halfway point. Leafs take a few penalties, but are able to kill them off effectively. Third period belongs to Edmonton as they came out moving quickly and were able to get two more goals on the Leafs. Even though Matthews had a beautiful goal in the third, it was not enough to match Edmonton, and the Leafs fall 3-1. Edmonton and Toronto game two. No goals in the first as the Leafs try to figure out their, their offense with uh, Thornton and Matthews injured. Both goalies making some great saves through the help of their defense. The game stats uh, were even after the first with a score of 0-0. Second period starts off with a bang, first with a PK from the Leafs where Anderson looked great, and then they moved on to the power play. A misplay by Nylander leads to a goal by Dreisaitl and open up the scoring. Toronto answers with Brody scoring his first NHL goal on the power play. Nylander scores on the beauty pass from VC. Edmonton's open the third with a great goal by McDavid, which seems to put the gas in the Leafs' tank. Toronto scores on the power play with a Tavares tip in the late, and uh, Mars scoops the puck at the center ice and sends one down to the empty net. Toronto over Edmonton, 4-2. Toronto at Calgary. Thornton's still out. Calgary comes out fast and looks like uh, they were rested from their recent break, but Muzzin ends their fun on a great goal through traffic. Campbell makes some great saves to bail out the defense in the first, and it ends 1-0 for Toronto. The second starts with an uneventful penalty on both sides, and the play starts to intensify. Penalties go back and forth until the end of the second, where Simmons scores his 200th power play goal, uh, 500th point, and first goal is a leaf. The third opens with a messy Matthews goal off a defender, which is immediately answered by Calgary minutes later to make it 3-2 Toronto. The battle intensifies, and Calgary scores to cut the lead to one. Flames press hard late in the third, but are unable to get the equalizer. Leafs win 3-2, taking three of the four games in the Western Road Trip so far. Oof. All right. Oh, boy. Any guesses on what that uh, one minute was? That was like four minutes or something. It was not one minute. I'm gonna, I'll say a minute 52. Oh, my God. Two and a half minutes, folks. <laughs> oh, man. I was talking as quickly as I could possibly talk. Yes, you were. That's that's a good good job there with four games to recap. A lot of details in that really fast recap. So uh, good on you, Mr. Britton. Also, buddies. a nice uh, nice interpretation of 500 saying 500. Really, really good. I think it actually <laughs> applies really well. Instead of saying 500th, you just put the TH somewhere else. 500. It's well, totally it is his good. fifth hundred goal, you know, if you think about it, it works out. The math is solid, Kyle. <laughs> um, 
Winnipeg game. Anything that uh, stuck out to you guys in the Winnipeg game? Well, uh, Toronto was playing quite well that game. They uh, definitely came out flying. They outshot Winnipeg for most of the game. Um, other than a couple of defensive gaffes, but they played a good game. Um, I don't really have much to complain about. You can definitely see that their defense is starting to click together. Um, they've definitely allowed a lot less chances over the last four games and starting at that game than they did in the first two. Um, but you can see that the team's starting to play together a little bit more. You're starting to see the depth guys starting to come out a little bit more. And uh, Mitch Marner. Mitch Marner is definitely uh, showing up this time uh, so far this season um, with two goals in that Winnipeg game, I believe. Um, yeah, he's definitely stepped up on that top line. Um, yeah, it was it was quite the game. I mean, the Leafs definitely came out and uh, you could see that they were really wanting to get that win. Um, I was, uh, you know, a little shaky with the goaltending early on in the game. But as we kind of got through, I, I got, uh, you know, a little bit more solid confidence in him. Um, I I got to say, like, this is where I know we're talking about Toronto versus Winnipeg. But uh, Mikheyev is absolutely going to score a shorthanded goal this year. He oh, did yeah. it in, oh, the, yeah. in the Winnipeg game. I think every time. Um, at each one of these four games, he had a breakout on the penalty kill. Like it, that guy is going to be fun to watch this year. Although he doesn't seem to do much when it's not the PK. So I don't know what's going on there, but, uh, no, um, the Winnipeg game was good. The Leafs were fairly good defensively. Um, you know, they, uh, yeah, a little bit of a shaky start to the third for the Leafs. And that made me a little nervous when we got into it, but, uh, they were able to come away with the win. So I'm happy about that overall. Yeah, that Winnipeg game, um, they went with Freddie Anderson. A lot of people online saying, whoa, Jack Campbell had an amazing game against Ottawa the game before. Yeah, we should yeah. stick with Jack Campbell. He's the hot goalie right now. And that is a common uh, trait that teams use is to just stick with your hot goalie, especially if they're working in tandems. And I don't think the, the Leafs are a tandem uh, goalie team. I think Freddie Anderson is their number one guy, uh, especially – evidenced by them going back to Freddie on Monday. And a little scary at the beginning. I totally believe that. But he was a rock. Overall, this week, I think he was definitely a rock. He's showing that he's he is the number one goalie. Um, really, really proving to his team, yeah, I want to play. And you don't have to uh, protect me too, too much. I'm going to bring my best forward. However, I did notice in that first game, he's no Connor Hellebuck. Wow, that guy is a brick wall. It's oh yeah, it, he's so big. It, it's really hard to get the puck even near him, let alone past him. And so calm, he is a Vesna winner and deserved every bit of that award. No doubt he'll be a nominee this year, assuming he stays healthy. Moving on to that second game, there. Feel free to jump in if you need to. On to the second game. This was the game uh, against Edmonton that they lost, and everyone was saying it was a boring game. Defensive game on both sides. Really high-octane offense on both teams. Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl on one side, Matthews Marner, Tavares, Nylander on the other side. Not a lot of offense overall. Yeah, Edmonton had three goals. One of them was Muzzins, like Dan said. And uh, not a lot of the pretty goals. Uh, Matthews had one through the smallest uh, gap you could ever find on a goaltender. 
That was beautiful. And that was incredible. It, it, it was pretty, but it's like that's not a normal slapper from the point that everybody loves. Yeah. It was. It was. Uh, you know, one of those goals uh, that's not supposed to happen, right? You kind of get it. Uh, you get by them. What do you guys think about the Leafs actually earning the defensive team award this time? And if it's if it is boring, if is it a boring game to watch? If it's too defensive, or as Leaf fans, are we like? Whew, they are holding the fort. This is awesome. I'm okay with the score. What do you think? Well, I'd like to see them uh, playing defense this early in the season. Uh, they're definitely typically known to play you know, a run-and-gun game to start the season and then uh, um, try to fix it later on. But it's nice to see them kind of get into those habits now. So that first game, they didn't get the offense going. Matthews had that nice goal. Neither team really had any offense going. It's like they were trying to out-defend each other. Um, the one puck went off Muzzin's or Muzzin, VC went off Muzzin's skate. Um, one goal was an empty netter, um, which I actually would like to talk about that empty netter. I don't understand why Keefe pulled the goalie when they didn't have possession of the puck. Edmonton had the puck and Freddie couldn't have been out of the net for more than two seconds before the puck was in the net. Now, I remember a couple of seasons ago, uh, Mike Babcock did that. I think it was in the playoffs. And, you know, media ripped him apart. And I don't understand why I haven't heard more about this. Um, do you guys, what do you guys think about that? No, that's an interesting point. It's certainly not the time to pull your goal. <laughs> um, but again, you know, we're only getting a bit of a snapshot on what the, the play is focused on. So we may not be seeing the whole sheet of ice that he's seeing. He might see something that, you know, clicks for him. But I don't know. That was a it, it didn't work. Let's put it that way. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I'm seeing the uh, puck on the Edmonton stick while the goalie's coming out. Yeah. And then the puck in the net. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, okay. Be that as it may, maybe a bad choice. Um, but, you know, the one thing I, I will say for that game, um, albeit very slow, like they were kind of moving through slush, uh, their um, special teams are playing well. And even though they, I don't think they had a... Um, power play goal scored against them in that game um but it does seem like their their penalty kill is really playing well right now um, they had one uh, power play goal against them in that game was, was that the one okay i knew it was one of them yeah well in any case um that's like they've been taking a decent amount of penalties in the last couple games and uh they're able to kill them off not that i want them to be taking the penalties but um the other thing i had with this game is um as we were saying it's so defensive but, like, neither team was really able to break out and get any shots. And then yep. when they did, they were kind of breakout plays. And, you know, the one goal on Anderson, the Muzzin goal, let's call it, um, I, I can't fault Anderson for that. But, you know, the other ones were so quick. And, like, Anderson tried to react and, and was not able to because of kind of a one was positioning, I think, and the other was the defense kind of failed to fall back on him. But, um, you know, they they need to counter that with a barrage of shots on the other end, which they just weren't able to muster. But it did give me give me a good feeling for um, their penalty kill, and uh, I think going forward, I, I'm looking forward to seeing the special teams play. Uh, speed question: Defensive Leafs boring or excited, Craig? Well, I wouldn't say it's boring. I think it's exciting to see them actually play. Def <clears throat> excuse me, actually play defense. But uh, I would rather. You know, I'd rather see an 8-6 game. My heart can't really handle them. I think uh, my heart would definitely <laughs> prefer the those 1-1 going into overtimes. But, 
Um, no, I'd rather them see see them play defense and the team play you know a solid defensive game. Seeing their def- their forwards both doing uh, coming back on the back check, but still aggressively forechecking because they are an, an offensive. They're a fast team. Um, just because they, they need to capitalize on mistakes more. One thing you see the other teams mm. doing a lot more often is the Leafs play a great game and then they make a mistake and it's in the back of their net. Um, but you don't see the Leafs capitalize on the mistakes of the same way. I think we were mentioning that back in uh, one of the first games against Ottawa, that Ottawa, every time Toronto made a mistake, they were right on top of them and it was in the back of the net. Dan, boring or exciting defensive uh, Leafs? Um, you know, I'm I'm kind of excited by seeing defensive Leafs. I, I would much rather, as Craig kind of said, see a blowout game, you know, like 6-2 or something like that. That's more fun to watch an offensive explosion. But I think um, with the with our goaltending situation, I think uh, strong defense right now and boring defensive games are not a bad thing to watch. Um, you know, they still have to kind of figure out how their defensive pairings are going um, and, you know, throw a couple injuries in there and <laughs> could really get interesting. Um, but no, I'm, I'm, I'm on the boring side. Definitely. Um, I'd like to see less goals. So boring side for sure. Uh, I'm on uh, a similar trajectory to you guys as is tradition. Um, you know, defensive games, they're a little boring, but for the Leafs, it's like, ah, okay, we can relax a little bit now. It's okay. It's fine. Uh, game two against Edmonton, not quite as boring, except for the first period. No goals in the first period. Seemed like everyone was kind of getting their bearings. Two or three odd man rushes for Edmonton right off the bat, and Freddie shuts the door. Yeah. Not bad there. And then the opening goal, a shorty by Leon Dreisaitl, really bad on uh, the power play, but responds uh, a response by Adam Brooks with his foot. Uh, no kicking motion involved. Uh, this game had quite a few power plays involved. Okay, sorry, only four power plays. However, the Leafs capitalized on both of them. Let's just kind of stop for a second and talk about the Leafs' power play. This game here saw the exit of uh, Joe Thornton and Austin Matthews, so they had to rejig their lines, figure mm-hmm. out the power play. How are we feeling overall about the Leafs' new power play? Well, I think uh, tonight's game was an example in that night's game that... Uh that their power play is definitely clicking pretty well. Um, I love seeing uh, Wayne Simmons on that top power play line. Oh, I do um, too. I love sure. seeing him standing in front of the net. He, I think there was one goal there. He was standing in front of the net, and he just got his foot up just high enough for the puck to kind of sneak past his foot and past the goalie with the uh, while he was standing there in the screen. Um, it's been a while since you've seen a, a player willing to stand in front of the goalie um, and screen right up to the time that slap shot comes through. Like, I know you often would see John Tavares in the bumper spot in the past, but he's not going to stand there while, uh, you know, Morgan Riley winds up and takes the slap shot. I love seeing Wayne Simmons be able to, you know, willing to take it for the team and stand there willing to take that slap shot um, to be able to screen the goalie to get that goal. Yeah, I'm I'm also very happy with the how they set up the power play for um, the absence of Thornton and Matthews. I think uh, as I mean, I'm just gonna echo Craig. Kind of, it was fun watching Simmons there. I mean, he, he's a big guy to put in front of the net as he did tonight, and he makes it work. Um, I, I think their uh, their real their passing has been really nice, tape to tape inside. There's the the offensive zone, um, and I know that's something that uh, you know they. They have a lot of when Matthews is there and certainly Thornton for sure with his uh, experience. But, you know, take that out and they still played pretty well. They still had 
tape to tape passes in there and um you know they scored two game two on the power play in that game and then one against calgary i'm feeling pretty good about that i think it was one against calgary wasn't it we just watched it god yeah i believe so yeah yeah, uh, the Simmons goal, exactly. So, um, no, I think it's shaping up to be good. I think uh, having Matthews back tonight was uh, a big help, um, but I also think uh, they can manage without him. Not not long-term, don't get me wrong. Just they can manage without yeah. him for a night or two. Power play, at the beginning of the year, I thought, what are they doing? They've completely uh, jumbled up their power play units. They've got Matthews, Marner, Riley. Okay. That makes sense on the top power play, but then they had, uh, Thornton and I think Simmons on the top power play. I'm like, what the heck? Why aren't Tavares and Nylander in there? Tavares and Nylander are on the second power play. Hyman, Spezza, Brody. And it's, it didn't really seem to work for me at the beginning of the year. However, some of these, uh, line rejiggings have worked out uh, so far, so I'm starting to come around to it. And then, when they're needing a goal, they throw out the big guns. It's like, okay, it's time to go, boys. We got big four plus uh, Riley, and they just go yeah, to town. Yeah. And when uh, Matthews was out for the game against Edmonton, the uh, kind of first power play unit was a little bit more back to let's just throw out all of our good guys. Um, and in that case, since we had Matthews and Thornton out, Hyman and Simmons ended up with Tavares, Nylander, and Riley. And they were the ones that gave up the the shorty. So they had to throw out some random uh, power play two as, uh, you know, penance for allowing a shorty in, and they made it happen. So I'm actually okay with this jumbling of power play uh, players now. And uh, to echo what you guys have been saying, Wayne Simmons in front of the net. Yep, I'm down. I'm down. He was. It, it oh, was going to happen for him eventually. It happened for him tonight. That was awesome. When do you guys think that uh, Matthews is going to start scoring? Um, he's only got, what, two goals on the season? I know he missed the one game, and he's looking good. He's uh, definitely been getting back and playing a better defensive game this year. But for all his trying, he just can't seem to get the puck in the net. When do you guys think he's going to start scoring? You know, you're right. He is. He's playing an, a good all around game and he's getting a decent amount of shots. I, I don't have his, the number of shots he's taken up, um, but you're right. If there I'm not mistaken, kind of, he's leading the league in shots. It, OK, so maybe there's a bit of a dry spell and goals going on there um, that it's kind of unfortunate to see. But he's still making the plays. He's still playing really aggressively like he he's fun to watch because he's fast. Right. And he can toe drag around somebody and just like make them spin uh, off their skates. And so he's still doing that out on the ice. And I think that's important to have there uh, in terms of his, him being a playmaker. Um, but, you know, we do need the, the sniper Matthews to come back and uh, start lighting up the, the goal. So I'm hoping it turns on soon. I think, um, you know, coming back from an injury, you're probably not going to score. Well, whatever it was that uh, ailed him. Maybe not going to score against Calgary, but uh, I'd be looking for him to score, especially when Thornton comes back, uh, well, next month. Uh, but before that, certainly. Ho- hopefully it opens up. Yeah, I think Matthews is uh, an established player in the league now. So teams, know, like they have a better feeling of what he's going to do. They've watched a little bit more tape. He's, uh, he's again, an established player. So... Teams are defending better against him. I also think that he's going through an adjustment period, as we saw last year with uh, new faces. Joe Thornton being the new face on his line. Uh, 
And Joe Thorne is not Zach Hyman. He doesn't go get the puck. So uh, Matthews and Marner have had to go get that a little bit more. I think Matthews' uh, first goal um, involved a little bit of Hyman action there. And um, I think as Joe is out of the lineup and Hyman gets up there, and he has been doing that, they've been messing around with the lines a little bit, getting VC in there. I think Mikheyev had a shot as well but Hyman seems to be their guy they really click when Hyman is on the ice and he's able to create space for Matthews so I think this is just an adjustment period having the most shots in the league those are going to start to go in I think Johnny Goudreau had a similar uh, problem last year he had a lot of shots but a very very low goal percentage so Matthews is going to find his stride it's going to happen soon the pucks have changed everything's back to normal no what is it, the extra line on the puck or anything like that? They're not doing that. <laughs> They're back to the normal pucks. Matthews is excited. He's ready to score. Really cool. We're doing a podcast right after a game. And this game was a bit of a nail-biter overall. Uh, Markstrom, also another goalie that's a bit of a wall. And they went with Jack Campbell. Not often that a uh, Leafs coach goes with a backup goalie on a non-back-to-back night, but I agreed with the uh, people at the desk that you need to play your backup goalie. And Jack Campbell, I swear to God, not only is he the most positive individual on that team, he's so calm in the net. He just makes it happen. Not a lot of scares. And if things do get a little bit scary, he seems to always be going in the right direction. Sure, pucks get by him. You're a goalie. You're going to have some some pucks go in. But it doesn't seem like he's too, too aggressive, and I'm okay with that. What did you guys think about Jack Campbell and the game we had today? <laughs> I love Jack Campbell. He just looks so calm in the net. I love his little stick taps to his uh, players every time he freezes the puck, just gives him a little tap on the button, just uh, shows them that he appreciates what they're doing for him. Um, I find the Leafs play really well in front of Campbell. Um, they they had a couple moments tonight where they do a little bit of puck watching when they're in the zone. I think the first uh, um, Calgary goal, they were, there was four guys, five guys just kind of standing around watching it happen. All of a sudden it was up over Campbell's shoulder. But uh, I, I really like the way that Campbell's playing. I think with this uh, condensed season, with the Leafs playing pretty much every other night for pretty much the rest of the season – they need to get him out there. Um, I think the Leafs look great when he's when he's out there. They look great in front of him. I don't know if it's just a mental thing that when they have the backup in, they play a little, um, they isolate him a little bit more. I find they do a little bit better uh, job of clearing out the space in front of him, make sure he can see the puck. Um, maybe it's just Campbell. Maybe he's just such a calm guy, such a calm goalie that he makes the team look better in front of him. Um not to say that Freddie Freddie had some great games this week. I say that he it was a bounce back week for him. I know a lot of people were really down on him after a couple games there for the first week, but uh, you know Freddie's looked great. But I think they need to play Campbell more. I maybe every third game, if I see him play twenty games this season, I I think that'd be great for Freddie. Um, give him a break because once the playoff comes um, and the Leafs are going to make the playoffs, I'm not going to argue about that at all. They're going to need. Freddie rested. Um, there's nothing like going into the playoffs and all of a sudden he's a tired goalie because that's happened in the past. They've relied on him too much coming into the uh, at the end of the season and he just looks tired out there. So I love 
being able to have a backup goalie that uh, can give Freddie a little bit of rest. Now, I know at the end of this game, um, it looked like he had a bit of an injury there. He was uh, laboring on the stick to stand Scary. up for the last minute of the game. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that means that Hutch is going to be coming back up. Hopefully, I uh, um, I would like to wish uh, Jack Campbell a very speedy recovery um, and see him back on the ice in a couple weeks there. A couple of, uh, See him back on the ice in a couple of days. But way to go, like Campbell playing through that. He he had the opportunity to come off the ice, and he stuck it. I know it was only thirty seven seconds he had to do it, but he, he was visibly in pain. Uh, you know, between the periods or between the um, the play, he was kind of leaning on his stick, trying to not fall over. So yeah, props to him and speedy recovery. But um, I I have nothing bad to say about Campbell. Oh, okay, sorry. I have one thing I would love a little bit more of, and that's puck control in front of the net. Uh, maybe a little bit more rebound control, but again. Um, you know, when you've got six or five Calgary players all banging at the puck in front of the net, yeah, maybe it's hard to to uh, control the rebound in that case. So I'm not can't fault him too much. But um, he had a great night tonight. Certainly, uh, he made some huge saves at the start of the the first period. Kind of bailed out the defense as they tried to figure out uh, the like onslaught of Calgary that they kind of came at pretty quickly tonight. Um, and he was great on the PK. I mean, I know he did get he did take one. Um, uh, power play goal from Calgary uh, got scored on him, but you know, one goal, I'll give him that. But uh, the other power plays um, that Calgary had, he looked great and um, he looked solid. He looked confident when he was playing the puck outside of the net, uh, like skating around with it a little bit. He was uh, not looking around like some goalies, you know, get the swivel head. He was, he knew where the play was going and he knew what he wanted to do. And I wasn't scared with him, you know, manipulating the puck uh, outside of the crease a bit. So, um, I'm very happy to have him. I think it would be a great idea, as Craig also said, to, to kind of do um, a bit more of a tandem situation with him, um, maybe off every you know four games for Anderson or something like that and give him a break. Um, but I, I think there's some great value to be seen in Campbell, and I think going forward we're going to see a lot out of him. Craig mentioned uh, Mr. Hutchinson. That is a scary, scary thing to uh, think about. I think there is... Uh, you know, another way the Leafs can go. Obviously, there's the waiver wire, but the uh, the Leafs, they did too well last year to try to pick a goalie up. I think a goalie will be picked up at that point. Uh, homegrown uh, Toronto guy. I think uh, David Ayers needs to make a, a start for Toronto as opposed to against Toronto. I think that would be the best option if Campbell is hurt, that, uh, that he comes up jumping Hutchinson in the uh, depth chart. Yeah, you guys are good with that? Great. Yeah, I, I quit. <laughs> <laughs> if we keep this going, Dan will quit. We talked about additions of wonderful players. we got to talk about uh, players that are no longer in the lineup, unfortunately, at least for four weeks. Both Jumbo Joe and Nick Robertson out for four weeks. Uh, my question to you guys is, uh, how is this going to affect the Leafs? And I'll give you a little more context, actually. Does this affect the Leafs? Jumbo Joe, new guy on the team. They played without him last year. Brought him in for some uh, leadership and leadership in the dressing room. The leadership in the dressing room doesn't necessarily have to go away. He can still, you know, have meetings with the guys and have that leadership role. Nick Robertson, new to the team, up and coming. There was no way he was going to play all 56 games this year, given the cap and the uh, fact that he can be sent down to the taxi squad without going on waivers. Are we feeling 
these injuries or the Leafs' depth coming through. Uh, what do you guys think about some of these injuries that have popped up? You know, I'm strangely okay with it. Uh, you know, I'd rather not have Jumbo injured, and I'd like to see uh, Robertson play a little bit more, uh, obviously. But um, as you said, these are players we didn't have last year, so the Leafs already know how to deal without them. Um I also think that, uh, I, okay, to be fair, I was really scared when um, Thornton and Matthews were injured. And I was wondering, yeah, like, okay, I would if that's going to, that. yeah, like, if that's going to keep going for a long time, yeah, we're, we're maybe going to be seeing a little bit of trouble out there. Um, if not in just pure firepower, uh, in kind of the veteran common that somebody with veteran status or I, I'm, I'll say superstar status that Matthew yep. has uh, would superstar. bring to the team. Um, so, so you know, with, with both of them injured, I was scared. Uh, sorry, with all three, with Matthews injured, I was scared. With just Robertson and uh, Jumbo injured, I think we'll be okay. Um, as you said, there's the veteran in the locker room. I mean, the last year we had Marlowe also doing the same kind of thing. So, yeah, two years ago, gonna... but yeah. Oh, two, yeah, sorry, two years ago. Oh, I miss him. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, you know, so so we've had that kind of veteran presence in there, and we still have some with Tavares. So I think I think they'll be okay that way. Um, I would love to see, you know, him come back, Thornton come back sooner because of the size that we're missing from the team now. Uh, he was starting to do some bigger hits. He's really able to just kind of corner maybe two guys in the side of the or in the corner of the rink and. That's how he got injured, right? Is he was he had a hit and uh, you hurt his ribs with a hit. Yeah, but I mean he, but that's you know, he's forty two or something like that, you know. But that's kind of his shtick. He goes in and he ties people up, and, um, and then he kicks the puck out and they're able to create plays. So that will be missed. I we've got a little bit of size left in Simmons um, and a little bit of aggressiveness there, but um, I think they'll do okay without him if it gets into a. You know, if, if Calgary comes back on Tuesday and they're uh, they start getting really physical, I think it could be tricky for the Leafs. They they just don't have the size right now that they kind of showed on the line. Now, I think the only the one thing with the injuries is one positive out of it. At least we're going to get the uh, some of the other guys on the taxi squad into the lineup to show us what they can do. True. It's uh, been nice to see Barabanov back in the lineup. You know, didn't see a whole lot from him from this game. But uh, he did have a nice little uh, move between the defenseman and on the goalie. Unfortunately, he didn't score, but shows that he's got a, got some skills. But it'd be nice to see him out there for more than four minutes a game. Um, now, a guy like Joe, obviously, as soon as he comes back, he's going to be straight back onto the top line. Um, no worries about, you know, what his future is going to be. For Robertson as a young guy, obviously, he's been working really hard in the offseason. Uh, he's constantly training. He's uh, he really wants to be in the lineup. And I think a guy like that as well, such a, uh, a high prospect for the Leafs. It's not going to I'm not worried about his future uh, like some other guys. I believe it was Levo a couple of years ago. Levo looked good tonight, actually, um, a couple of years ago when he had that injury and then just couldn't get back into the lineup anytime after that. But uh, it's nice to see some of the other guys up in the lineup. And um, so far, they've been looking good. I know the Leafs are a little thin on that left side. I know what? Uh, um, Zach Hyman's was playing double duty there for a while, spending some time on that third line checking line, as well as uh, hopping up and spending some time between, beside Matthews and Marner. But obviously that's unsustainable. He can't be playing two roles every game all season. 
But uh, I did hear that the Leafs are out looking for some help on the and uh, uh, with a trade as well, trying to find someone to fill in that gap on that left side with the two guys both gone for a month. Um, both guys gone for a month. Um, is there any players out there that you would... <laughs> I, it does need to be realistic. Any guys out there you would like to see um, coming into Toronto, maybe on a you know a, a budget deal um, that can come in and fill in those spaces for the next month? It's a pretty short list, I would think. I had one, and it <laughs> turns out he's a right winger, but uh, Corey Perry. Um, I'm not sure if Corey he Perry... scored the other night. Yes, he did. I'm not sure if he will go back to the taxi squad, but if he does... Uh, I believe after 30 days, he has to clear waivers again, and I'm not sure if he would again. Um, Now, would he get to the Leafs? I'm not sure. So a trade may be something that could happen there. Habs and Leafs don't trade very often, but if I were to uh, pick someone up, I think it would be Corey Perry. could be an option. Solid choice. Um, I'm going to go a different route, though. I don't want them to add anybody. I think we have Ooh. decent lines right now that I would like to see grow and actually play maybe a little bit more um, with each other before they decide to go out and get external help. Yep. I mean, they they looked pretty good. They they had a game in Edmonton that didn't go well uh, against Calgary tonight. was a little rough to start. Um, Calgary came out hard, though, and they were coming off rest. So I think we should see what's going on with the team we have now and let them um, figure it out for a while. And, you know, if we start to see that our offense isn't uh, holding up or we're, we're just not able to uh, get the plays made like we used to, then, you know, start looking. And I understand why they start looking before they need to, but um, I, I I would like to see where this team can go right now. I think we have solid players, and I, I'd like to see it play out. Uh, speaking of that depth... You know, who are the guys that did step up for this game, especially the one that we were missing Matthews for? It really put the lines through the blender. Um, Brooks came up. Engvall came up, and he's stayed for his second game. Uh, who am I missing? Bear Banoff came up, and he stayed for his second game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, who's who's stepping up? Maybe not out of those three, but in the full lineup, who do you think is stepping up? One player. Go ahead. Oh, I, well, Simmons has definitely stepped up. Um, he's definitely making himself known out there on the ice. Um, Jimmy VC scored a nice goal there with a nice gimme from uh, um, William Nylander. Uh, VC put it into the net with authority, even though it was wide open. Um, Adam Brooks with that uh, nice goal off the skate. Doesn't matter how it goes yep. in, as long as it goes in. Um, His name's on the on the puck. Yeah, some of the other guys, like even Mikheyev, he hasn't scored yet. I like him on the penalty kill. Um, I like that he's the uh, the quick guy out there, forcing the guys to you know make a decision, uh, getting a couple turnovers. Like Kyle, you said earlier, he's going to get a, a uh, he's going to see you're going to see a lot of breakaways on the penalty kill from him, and one of them's going to lead to a goal. So I, I'd like to I'd like to give a shout out to my probably favorite player right now, um, Wayne Mikheyev. He's doing fantastically, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I just think solid player all around. No, I the, those are kind of my two favorite players right now. I mean, I, like other than the core, Marner, Matthews, Tavares, Hyman, like uh, and Nylander, I like um, you know that core. I really like Riley. watching Simmons. Yeah, Riley. Sorry, of course, but I, I really like watching uh, Wayne Simmons play. I, I like watching his size. I like watching him uh, move the puck around, and he's got a good shot when he gets it. He doesn't get it often, but he's got a solid shot. 
he's faster than I would have thought on skates. Um, and, you know, he hits. And we don't get a lot of hits on this team, so I like seeing that. Um, and then Mikheyev. I mean, he's my boy. I've been Team Mikheyev for quite a while now. Um, he will score a um, goal on the penalty kill this year, for sure, if the last three games are an indication. Um, but uh, I think we're going to see um, a couple more goals out of him this year, uh, if, especially if they can get that line moving a little bit faster. I think we'll see some good goals out of him. Yeah, it's nice to see you know, these other guys stepping up, but uh, tonight's game with the Marner-Matthews-VC line, I thought VC was more or less invisible in that game. Um, at one point in the second period, I asked you guys, who's playing on their line? I can't even remember. I've been watching the entire game. I can't even picture who's playing it. And he said VZ. And I started watching him like every time he's touched the puck, he's given it up. Um, yeah. Do you, I know Jumbo is going to be out for at least a month. Um, I see that they're trying some other guys on that top line. You can't, like I said, either do you, are you going to move up Hyman? Cause he looks good with that uh, Tavares Nylander line right now. Um, the third line with the Mikheyev, Kerfoot, I believe Spezza, or I believe it may have been uh, um, Spezza, Mikheyev, and uh, shit, I can't remember who the third one was, but they were looking really good there the other night. Um, is there anyone that you'd want to see on that top line instead of EZ? Because I don't think I want to see him up there uh, uh, permanently. I'd like to see him back on uh, with Nylander and Tavares. He was looking not bad there. Um, is there someone you'd rather see up on the top line? You know, you, you mentioned Hyman, and I think that would be my choice. Um, he's playing really well right now. Uh, he's getting some really nice shots. He's moving the puck quickly. Uh, he's the His passes are pretty tape-to-tape. -tape. Um, I think he'd be a good addition uh, to the top line, and then that brings VC down to the second line, and I think he's a second-line player. So Yeah, agreed. Hyman all the way. He is the hardest-working player on this team yeah, by absolutely. far, by far. Uh, clicks with uh, Matthews and Marner. I think also he's the guy that has been stepping up. And honestly, well, he always steps up, but he is noticeable on the ice every time I see him on the ice. Uh, and side note, I just picked him up in fantasy hockey. I got an IR for uh, Joe Thornton. So I'm like there you go, buddy. picking up Zach Hyman. I'm like, he's he hits, he blocks shots, which forwards mostly don't do. He blocks shots, and he scores 20 goals a season. So even pro-rated, that's not too bad this year. And you put him on that top line, which is definitely where I want him for fantasy. Um, <laughs> he's he's going to get those goals and assists, and he's going to set up those guys. Zach Hyman, top line, hardest working guy in the team, and is the one stepping up when there are injuries. Kyle, I see uh, you've got something you want to bring up this week. Yeah, believe it or not, I actually watched some Ottawa games this uh, this week. I didn't watch the whole game each time, but I'd watch a period. I'd check the highlights, go through this stuff. And we played Ottawa last week. The, the Maple Leafs played Ottawa last week. And the first game against Ottawa was like, whoa, where do these guys come from? And are the Leafs like not that good? Oh, God. Second game. Oh, right. <laughs> Uh, the Leafs are actually good, and they're going to shell people. No problem. Not too much grit from either team on that uh, front. But Ottawa got to play Winnipeg all week. So two games in Ottawa and one game in Winnipeg. I took a couple highlights down, and Ottawa seemed to be fighting, but also fighting from the bottom looking up. First game on Tuesday they had 41 shots, and it was against Brassois. It wasn't against Hellebuck, and they lost in overtime. 
Uh, Winnipeg tied the game with two minutes left in the third. And yeah, lost in overtime. Heartbreaker. Uh, Thursday against Winnipeg, they got shelled. Four goals on 26 shots on Murray. And we're starting to see this team show its colors. Uh-oh, maybe it is supposed to be seventh. Uh, they go to Winnipeg. Hoberg starting its first game this year. Murray gets a break. It's no back-to-back, but they're like, okay, we're going to throw on our backup. And and he's supposed to be one of those up-and-coming goalies in Ottawa. And Ottawa's up 3-2 after the second period. Okay, we're seeing some life here. Shelled. Four goals unanswered in the third. Winnipeg takes it. No problem. I'm not seeing the sends that we were glimmering for. And when I say we, I mean the hostile lands are glimmering for. They're looking, they got to be looking farther to the future. I think Ottawa's come down to earth a little bit after this week. That first glimmer of hope against the Leafs may be gone. I think they are securing themselves in seventh place where they should be. Leafs rule, sense um, that's all I've got for an update in the Capitol Corner. Ottawa showing their true colors. We'll check in with them next week. But right now, the topic for Ottawa is they're not good. Sorry, guys. Well, it's how do we win games? Now, do you think it's going to be a race for the bottom with them in uh, Vancouver? Because Vancouver has not been looking very good this season either. I think Vancouver met the Montreal Canadiens and the Montreal Canadiens yep. we're going to get to this in a second here and it might be a good segue but the Montreal Canadiens are good Mark Bergevin is a wizard and that's okay uh, Vancouver I think is going to come back to earth or come back to space I don't know which way we're going anymore <laughs> um, when they get to play another team and I think they get to play I want to say Edmonton next and that's good for them they uh, no sorry Ottawa Ottawa's coming into town even better they get to play Ottawa and get some confidence back because Ottawa sucks we know that uh, it's a fact and Edmonton's gonna start to get their feet Holtby not doing great Demko have him in fantasy not doing great put him on the bench um, their star players not coming out of their shell too much I don't think Vancouver's a playoff team I don't think any of us picked him as a playoff team but they're better than Ottawa. Um, well, I'll I'll just say for Ottawa, um, they've got win, loss, 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 and they've got three points. I I only watched the one game uh, against Toronto. They looked pretty darn good against Toronto, so I'm not sure what's happened to them since then. Uh, it may be something to do with the you know four goals against per game that they're getting right now. Yeah. Um, but uh, they're and and also you know their power their special teams as the stats say, not me watching hockey, uh, are not great. So uh, they're going to need to shore some things up before they become competitive. But um, yeah, it's not the Ottawa's here. Sorry, guys. Now that kind of brings me to the next thing. Is this Montreal's year? Oh, hells yes. 16 goals in three games. A lot of people had a lot of good things to say about Montreal at the beginning of the season. And I know a couple uh, analysts had Montreal as their pick to win the division, and a lot of people were kind of shaking their heads saying, okay, they've made a couple good additions. You know, they've got Josh Anderson, which is a big guy. They've got Tyler Foley, which is a big guy. They've been playing well, and I think they will really be challenging the Leafs for the top of the division. Uh, What do you guys think? 
I completely agree. I mean, our game against Montreal was, uh, you know, first game of the sloppy. season. Does it really matter? Yeah, and, and it was sloppy. Um, but since then, Montreal has just exploded. I, I don't think they've taken a regulation loss yet, have they? They have not. They no, have not. They, they, yeah. So 20, I'm just looking here. 29 goals for in six games. Are you kidding? Like, that's crazy. That's four something goals a game. So uh, if their offense doesn't slow down, they're going to be well ahead of everybody by the end. And I, I'm a little worried that uh, the Leafs aren't going to be able to keep up, keep up with that kind of offense, especially if we keep getting injuries. Um, I, I think you're right. It could be Montreal's year. I hate to say it because uh, I have a couple of very good friends that are Montreal fans and they're going to hold this over me. Um, but, you know, we'll see where it goes. I, I think Montreal's got a seriously competitive team that could be trouble for Toronto. Uh, Montreal. Oh my God. They've, they've, they've got it all. I think they, and it came out of nowhere. It was like, okay, let's pick up a couple guys. And these guys are taking off Josh Anderson. Really, really good start. Tower to Foley. Holy crap. Where did that guy come from? He was in LA for so long, came up to the Canucks and we're like, oh yeah, this is, this is a good player. Oh, he's a good player. And then Vancouver's like, yeah, maybe he's not that good. So Montreal is like, yoink. And I think he scored five goals already. So he's up there in the goal department. Yeah. Um, Carey Price, Jake Allen, that tandem's working. Carey Price right now, I just checked his stats, has a sub-900 save percentage. So that's not great. Um, but the team is helping him out in front. Uh, Jake Allen doing <laughs> really well. Um, but if I look at their wins and losses, when they lose, they lose. It's close so far, but with a lot of goals in the game. Obviously going to overtime. But when they win... One goal, one goal, three goals, but they scored seven. Two goals, but they scored five. They're shutting it down and scoring as well. This team is, is going to take it the whole way, I think. Uh, I think it's going to be Montreal and on top. And it's that's hard to say. But also, I want Toronto to have some adversity. They need something to get over. And I, I don't want it to be kind of sliding into the playoffs, no problem. Everyone picked us first. We got first. Yay! And then they pull a Tampa and get swept in the first round. We don't want that. We want them to get through adversity. And if that adversity means uh, losing to the Montreal Canadiens in terms of the standings, that's okay. That also means they don't have to play them in the first round. That'd be nice. Well, for a team that hasn't been known to uh, be able to score goals over the last few years, it's kind of, I guess, nice to see for them that they're going on such a hot streak of scoring some goals. Obviously, they have a pretty solid defense with Shea Weber kind of leading the way. And when Carey Price is on, then he's on. But, you know, Carey Price had a couple off nights this year, but he's been uh, bailed out by the goals, which is uh, something we're kind of familiar with here in Toronto. But uh, the question is, is is it sustainable? Are these guys, Anderson and Toffoli, um, are they going to be able to keep this up the entire season? Um, I know they are getting uh, their been known to be a or they're known this year to be a very deep team with uh four pretty strong lines um but the question is is it sustainable over the rest of the year now i know a lot of player a lot of uh analysts um you know expect them to be a make big improvements this year i don't think anyone's really necessarily expecting them to be near the top of the league but who knows anything can change anything can happen um you know even this last week even a few bounces can change a game like that Edmonton game. It was just a couple bounces away from being one way or the other. 
Um, I'm excited to see what Montreal is going to do. Um, I'm sure I'll be picking, uh, catching a few more of their games throughout the season than, uh, and they're, they're exciting. I'm actually, I'm very happy to see more, um, quality teams here in Canada. Um, the more, the more good teams there are here, the, uh, the more exciting it is and it's good for the sport. Um, I'm, I'm not going to argue, I'm not going to complain if another Canadian team's good. Obviously I want to see Toronto be the best, but, uh, it's exciting either way. And, you know, if I'm going to have to pick a team to do well, I would, you know, probably not pick Montreal given the rivalry with the Leafs. Um, but it, as you said, it will be fun to watch them play well this year. Uh, Kyle, you mentioned quickly, uh, uh, Jake Allen and Carey Price, like what a tandem pair that is. You've got basically two starting goalies that you're sitting there with. Um, both are giant guys that are basically walls and they're both hot right now. So what do you do against that? You, you just kind of have to hope they have a bad night or you guys are like the Leafs are able to manifest some kind of crazy offense against them. Um, but, uh, you know, as the stats you were throwing around, that doesn't seem to be really happening unless it's a blowout game. And even then they lose in overtime, so it doesn't really matter. But the, I was just looking at their stats. They have five players, uh, six players, sorry, that have more than five points right now. And we're eight games in or six games into the season. Like, that's madness. It's exciting. That's, that's just uh, chemistry at work on their lines right now. It's um, something I would love to have rub up on the leaf a little bit. Now, they did pad those stats a little bit in those few games against uh, Vancouver. But uh, the question is, yeah, will they be able to keep it up for the rest of the season? Now, they are only playing six other teams, and you've seen how they've played against a few of them already. But uh, it's going to be... Uh, it's going to be interesting to see if they can keep this up. I would love to see Toronto have a, you know, be neck and neck with Montreal throughout the season because the season's ending with them playing three times, I think in five days. It's yeah. uh, if it's a close, uh, if it's a close at the end of the season, it's going to be an exciting, exciting game. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how Montreal fares against their next uh, team. They're going to be going against Calgary after uh, Toronto faces Calgary. And that'll be, I think Montreal's real test against a really good goalie as well. Uh, Vancouver, you know, the hope he's good, but he obviously didn't do too well now. But Markstrom is good. Um, yeah. Hellebuck is absolutely He's on yeah. fire, too. Because he's a flame. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Um, they don't play Winnipeg for a while. Another good goalie there. So I'm interested to see how they do against Calgary and Winnipeg, who are actually my other two picks to make it into the playoffs. Um, speaking of Winnipeg, huge trade yesterday, kind of a lot of people saw it coming, but they're like, oh, this is the blockbuster one. We're never going to see a blockbuster trade like this. And it happened. And Winnipeg gets Pierre-Luc Dubois and a third round pick in 2022 with the Columbus Blue Jackets. They get Patrick Laine and Jack Roslovic signing Roslovic to a two year deal. I believe one point nine million. Um, Patrick Line, second overall pick, pick in the 2016 draft, right after Austin Matthews. Pierre-Luc Dubois, number three, right after Line, and they are now swapped through teams. Uh, let's just focus on Winnipeg right now. Maybe we'll think about Line and Columbus next podcast. Do we see Winnipeg as a better team now that they have Pierre-Luc Dubois and they've subtracted Patrick Line? Well, I think it's interesting that they went out this year and got uh, Statsny to play with Line, 
and now yeah. he's gone. So honestly, you know, you can see with the leaves, you can never have too much center depth. And obviously the Winnipeg Jets are much better right now with Dubois at center. Um, but Line A is a good player. Um, as much as I hate to say it, I kind of don't like the guy. But uh, I he he's one of those talents that every time he touches the puck, it's dangerous that the puck's going to go in the net. Um, Dubois was a Leafs killer in this last playoffs. Um, I, I picked him to score pretty much every game, and he did. I paid off pretty well. But uh, I think that as soon as you give up a guy like Line A, um, I... <laughs> I think this is one of those trades that's going to it's going to take time to see how it's really going to play out. Kind of like the I, I always think about the Web, the Weber Subban trade that two guys. It's hard to say they're kind of not really the same type of player. Um, but yeah, it's it's going to take a little bit of time. Winnipeg's going to probably have to make a couple moves in the offseason, shift some uh, get some more talent there on that uh, on the wing to play with Dubois. Um, they are loaded up pretty heavy on that uh, top two lines, but it's going to remain to be seen. I'm not looking forward to seeing Dubois uh, more this season. I was actually quite happy to have him in a different division this year. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to... Uh, I, I'm, I'm excited to see Winnipeg with uh, with him. Um, but it's it's always a... It's always hard trading away a guy like Line A because he, he is a dangerous player. And at the time of that, uh, at the draft, it was... Matthews won line A 1.5. Um, I know line A thought he was number one, um, but there wasn't nearly as much talk about Dubois at the time. Obviously, he's a great player now. Um, there was some talk about him then, but he wasn't on the same level as Matthews and Dubois at his draft. Now, obviously, time will change things. He's a good player now, but the question is, is he going to be the same caliber of player for Winnipeg as line A was? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I to be fair, I don't follow either player very closely, um, so I don't have a ton to add on this one. But um, I know from my past years of fantasy hockey that if Line A was ever available, you grabbed him. And uh, it looks like that's been done again here. Um, but, you know, we'll see if it really makes a difference for the Leafs having Dubois in, in, the, uh, this, in the division. Um, I Obviously, Winnipeg feels that they're going to be a little more competitive now. But I also heard that it was like in the reading I was doing about this trade, it seems that they've both kind of lost out a little bit on it. And especially if you've got Dubois that's got to go through the 14 day quarantine that they're talking about maybe having him do, like that's a, what, a fraction of the season. I don't know what kind of fraction it is, but it's a fraction of the season that as uh, a good chunk, they're not going to be able to play him. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, well, that's an eighth of the season. Which. Which is fairly significant, you know, it's not a long season. And is that really worth it to do that right now? But if he waves that, obviously, then it's, I don't know if um, they, if the teams knew if they'd have to do the quarantine thing or if it's just uh, the public that doesn't, but that would be a big blow to them. So we'll see how it goes. I'm going to go with, yes, Winnipeg is better with Pierre-Luc Dubois. Simply because Roslovic and Line did not want to be there. They said, oh, we showed up. Well, Roslovic actually didn't show up. Uh, Line showed up, and he played well, sure. But in the back of his head, he's like, I want to move on from this team for whatever reason. Dubois, same thing. I want to move on from this team. I think Dubois is going to come into Canada and rip it. I think Winnipeg is just going to have a little bit more chemistry 
They're going to bring the heat. Dubois. Oh, my God. I'm not excited to go against Winnipeg. Oh, this is not good. Dubois, Leaf Killer, Hellebuck, Wall in the net. And then there's a bunch of other good players on that team. Not going to be excited to play Winnipeg. Uh, we have been talking for a long time. This is super exciting. Hockey is back. Four games. Let's make a bet. Uh, give people an update on last week's bet, or actually past two weeks. First week was a carryover. Second week, Dan with an awesome bet. And uh, yours truly came out on top with 11 goals. Thank you very much, Toronto Maple Leafs. Well done, well done. Thank you. Uh, a, a bunch of us actually had the uh, nail on the dot. I don't know what expression that is. Um, for the, the number of head. goals. Yes, that one. Nail on the head uh, for the number of goals in each game. I got uh, game three with four goals against Edmonton. Craig had two of them. So Dan had to pay out an extra $5 for that one. And then yeah, Dan right. also got one, so he, we kind of broke even a little bit, uh, but Dan did have to shout out an extra five bucks to Craig, which puts some of us up and some of us down now. I am now uh, $25 up on the Let's Make a Bet because we had a carryover. Craig uh, broke even this week, and Dan owing $10 to the Let's Make a Bet um, womp 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 womp, and uh, we're gonna have to figure out if the math is correct on that one. Nobody really knows uh, math. So, Craig, take it away for this week's. Let's make a bet. All right. So with this week, uh, Toronto is uh, continuing their Western road swing, and uh, they've got two games against Edmonton Oilers here again this week. And I bet you that Austin Matthews is going to score more goals in those two games than Connor McDavid. Oh, it's a oh, it's a wow. one to one bet. Okay, one to Do one we... bet. So you can either go say that uh, McDavid is going to score more goals. Uh, you can agree with me that uh, that Matthew's going to score more, or they'll score the same. What are your thoughts? I, I am. Oh my gosh, I'm going to go with McDavid. I'm so sorry, guys, but um, he just looks so good in both of those games. And every time he had the puck, I was thinking to myself, as long as we can keep a defenseman between him and Anderson, we're okay. But even then, it didn't really matter. He still gets his shot off every time. And, you know, as we said at the start, Matthews is going through whatever he's going through. So um, I, I'm going to say McDavid. Sorry. And uh, just to just to, you know, make it even... I'm going to go they score the same amount. Now, I'll give you two to one uh, if you can guess how many goals that they score. Oh, here we go. Here we go. In two games, I think they will both score three goals. All right. Put it in the books. And uh, all right, everybody, I guess we will let uh, we will see you next week. And we'll uh, we'll fill you in on what's happened in the Leafs Western road swing. So to fill you in a little bit about the schedule. So. The Leafs are playing Calgary again this Tuesday. Looks like it's going to be a chippy event after the last few minutes of this last game. Uh, followed yeah. by two games in Edmonton, Thursday night and Saturday night. Um, Thursday night, it's going to be a late one at 10 p.m. Then Saturday, it's going to be a nice 7 p.m. Uh, Western game. Woo. So we will see you again next uh, next week. And between now and then, go Leafs go. Go Leafs go. Go Leafs go! And break. Go Leafs go!